The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, this is Pastor Chris, and it is a really beautiful thing that I get to not only share with you from Mexico City, uh, I get to invite you into a new journey in the life of our church. Uh, we're a people that from the very beginning of Ecclesia, can you believe we're 20 years old? We're turning 20 years old in just a few months. And part of the great thing about being a church that's uh, growing and that's maturing is that we get more opportunities to live out the things that we believe, we say we believe, and yet we've got a lot to learn and how we do that. From the very beginning, we've said that we're gonna be a local church. I think that's amazing. We get to be planted in the city of Houston. We get to have an effect in the fourth largest city in the United States, the most diverse city in the United States. I love being a pastor in Houston. I think whoever you are, you ought to have Houston on your top five list of great cities across the world. But we're not just a local church. We've said to be the ecclesia, to be the church, we're gonna be a local church, a global church, and a historical church. Now, historical means we have to be a people that value history and the story, stories of the saints, stories of great church leaders. Uh, we've learned so much in church history and we learned so much from the stories of scripture. But we also long to be a people that don't just see what God's doing in Houston, Texas. We wanna learn from our brothers and sisters in Africa and Asia and Latin America. We wanna be a part of the big church, the whole church, the big C church. And so today, Ecclesia, I get to invite you into a new season in our life. Uh, we're gonna be a people, we've longed to be those people that um, bring you into experiences that let you see and realize that you're a part of the global church. One of those ways that we've done that is to invite people on pilgrimages. We have a few of those. We have the opportunity to go to the Holy Land and walk in Jesus' footsteps. I believe it's the most transformational thing that we can do. I have a goal, a dream to take every ecclesia at some point to the Holy Land. There are other pilgrimages that we make together. Uh, some of those are we partner with Living Water. And as we get to work with Living Water, many of you have gotten to make a pilgrimage where you get to go and be a part of drilling a water well and seeing what that process looks like. Now, the truth is, our great staff in Latin America and across the globe, they don't really need your help to be able to drill a water well. But you know what happens when you go? You make friends with people in a community. You're gonna learn what it's like to be a person that lives in a community that might've been drinking from a river or a stream. And you get to be a part of representing the love of Christ to them. We think that's an amazing event. And as we enter a new era in the life of our church, we're embarking on a new pilgrimage. And I'm gonna set a goal that every Ecclesian at some point in their lifetime gets to come be a part of the church in Mexico City, one of the great global cities, and it's a little more than a two-hour flight. Uh, for many of us, we'd have to save up for a long time to make a trip to the Holy Land. 
but we think the opportunity to come here and get to do what, uh, as pastors, it's really my job to do. It's not uh, always the favorite part of my job, but my job is to help make you uncomfortable. I don't know if you've sensed that. If I'm doing my job well, I've invited you on a regular basis to enter some space that you go, this feels really awkward. This feels really uncomfortable for me. So Ecclesia, as we enter a new era, I wanna invite all of you to be a part of a new pilgrimage, a pilgrimage to Ciudad de Mexico, Mexico City. It's a short flight, literally a couple of hours. So it's my goal that every Ecclesian at some point would make a pilgrimage here and get to realize that we're a part of the big church. We have great partners here in Mexico City. Most of you know, we wouldn't have been able to fly down here and be a part of caring for the migrant caravan, which was a beautiful experience in the life of our church. I hope you've learned a lot through that experience. We wouldn't have done it if we didn't have a partner church here that we love. I wanna invite you to come to Mexico City, to walk these streets, to eat the tacos, to meet some friends and neighbors, to meet women that have been trafficked to Mexico City, that are in a desperate situation. And we can't fix everything, but we can be a small part of the solution. And we can support the church in the place that they are working to bring health and wholeness uh, to God's children, young women that he desperately loves. One of the things I've said from the beginning of the church um, is that we have a tendency to be a people uh, that could try to live a sanitized life. Uh, by that, I mean, well, you may be similar. Um, I'm not OCD in every way, uh, but when it comes to public restrooms, I'm pretty careful. In fact, my goal when it comes to a public restroom, maybe yours is the same, is to get in and out and not actually touch anything. As I had young kids, it was really hard because they want to grab stuff. They'll grab the toilet and you're like, hey, listen, pull back. This place is disgusting, right? And most of us, guys especially, I know, right? You know how to flush the toilet with your foot which means those of you that are flushing with your hand, you're touching, that's disgusting, use your foot. If you're in a public restroom, you wanna get in and out and not touch anything. I'm afraid, Ecclesia, that most Christians view the world the same way. We wanna get in and out of this world and not touch anything. And what I wanna invite you to is to be uncomfortable in the best kind of way. We flew down this week to Mexico City with some Ecclesia staff and leaders so that we could design a trip for you that we think will be spiritually impactful. In fact, we were on the plane and some Ecclesians looked up and said, hey, Pastor Chris, Sarah and Hubie, they're great. You'll meet them some point. And Sarah and Hubie said, what are you guys doing? And we said, we're going down. We're designing a trip for Ecclesians. It's gonna be a pilgrimage that'll be life-changing. And wouldn't you know it, um, Sarah and Hubie had some free time and they joined us as we got to serve women on the streets. We got to do some really beautiful things. In fact, our dear friends, these Ecclesians said, this was one of the greatest nights of our life. And I wanna invite you to the same experience. We're a people made to touch, to touch others. In the earliest days of the church, we bought our building at 2115 Taft. Some of you have been around long enough to know that. Now, what you don't know probably is that um, in the earliest days when we bought that church, we just didn't have any money and resources. And it was a bit crazy that we jumped into a big venture like trying to buy a building and renovate it. In fact, the day that we bought the building, I started having like a panic attack, probably as bad as I've ever had. I thought, we can't do this, we're in over our head. And in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep and I decided I'm gonna go up and walk inside our building and think through some of the things and pray. And I got up there about 2 a.m. and I had no idea um, that I was gonna encounter what I believe to be some of our earliest parishioners. I was walking through the building, praying, getting overwhelmed by all the asbestos. And I heard these voices on our patio. 
Um, I thought, this is our church. We own it. It's our patio. I'll go see who it is. I opened the door and I found four of the tallest women I'd ever seen in my life. Now, as a pastor, uh, I saw this as God's invitation. Um, I told them, I'm a pastor. We just bought this building. You're on our property and you're welcome. And uh, they said, well, uh, what are you going to do here? I said, we're going to welcome everybody. And uh, I wanted to offer hospitality. I didn't have anything. I had a few Mexican Coca-Colas uh, in my car. I went and got them and I poured them and we shared a Coke. It felt a little bit like communion. And I thought on that day, I've said this from the beginning of the church. I thought if Jesus was going to show up in Houston, Texas, he'd come to 2115 Taft and he might serve them something better than a Mexican Coca-Cola, but it was the best I had. Now we planned this trip and we came down to Mexico City. And one of the things I'm going to invite you to do is to uh, visit a safe house and meet girls that have been uh, trafficked and are now safe. I'm going to invite you to walk some of the streets of Mexico City and see the real problem up close. And then together, we're gonna join with our partners uh, at the church here in Mexico City, and we're gonna throw one of the best parties you've ever seen. We're gonna do what Ecclesians do. We hire a food truck, and we're gonna uh, gather all the women as they work the streets, these women that have been uh, abused and talked to in some of the worst ways, and many of you are gonna give them a manicure. You're just gonna touch them. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna love them. And, uh, and I'm really grateful for my friend, Pastor Rodolfo. He's a great pastor down here. And we just started doing what we do. We thought, let's walk around. We got to get some of these women that are working the streets to come over to our party and let them know that we love them and God loves them. And we started walking the streets and we thought the only thing we could do, we found some Cokes. We started so serving Cokes to them. It was Rodolfo's idea. And I got to meet women. I got to meet so many of these that were working the streets and, uh, pour them a Coke, and I had a bit of a flashback. And I realized I'd love for every Ecclesian to come and to experience this. Ecclesia, if you're gonna get your hands dirty, this is what we're made to do, by the way. Uh, the big problem living a Christian life where you don't touch people, you don't offer manicures, is that you're not following the example of Jesus. This is what Jesus did. He went into places with lepers, with prostitutes, with people nobody wanted to touch, and he got up close to them. They became his friends. They became his followers. I think we're made to do the same. John 1 tells us that before time itself was measured, the voice, the logos, the living word was speaking, that that voice was and is God. And this celestial word remained ever present with the creator. His speech, Jesus' speech, shaped the entire cosmos that immersed in the practice of creating all things that exist were birthed in him and his breath filled all things with a living, breathing light. The scriptures tell us a light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazing through murky bottoms, it cannot and will not be quenched. John goes on to explain later in John 17, that that light was intended to live in the world. Jesus prayed for us and he said, Father, don't take them out of the world, leave them in the world, protect them with truth, your word is truth. And Jesus called on us just as he was sent from heaven to earth to be present in the world, to stay in the world, not to create some Christian bubble where we don't touch anybody else, but to get out and to touch and to love and to be a part of God's beautiful activity of redeeming all people in all times and in all places. So Ecclesia, maybe you grew up in a church like mine that really was afraid of the world. Uh, we were afraid of rock music and we were afraid of bad people and drug dealers. It felt like everybody was out to get us. I hope you've figured out by now that Ecclesia is not that kind of church. I really believe what the scriptures tell you, that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And we're a people made in Houston, Texas, in Mexico City, in Lusaka, Zambia, in every place that we go to reach out with the love of Christ into the darkness. Now in Mexico City, that can be pretty dark. 
Um, this is a place where uh, this cult of Santa Muerte is, uh, it's unbelievably popular. We met a number of women that believe in uh, the, the, the saint of death that had tattoos as tributes to Santa Muerte. And, uh, and that, those are challenging conversations. But I want to remind you that the New Testament calls us to that kind of faith. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians. Um, I love this book, by the way. We need to preach through it again. It's been a few years. Paul was a part of starting a church in a port city. Now, if you know anything about port cities in the ancient world, they were crazy places. They were places that sailors went. There were brothels. There were pagan temples. You name it, everything was happening there. And you know what Paul did? Paul told them, stay connected. Be a part of your community and your network. Don't leave those communities. Now, he had to help them think without rules and saying, don't do this and don't do that. He had to help them think through. How do we live out a Christian ethic in this world? So there were big parties at the temples, right? They were barbecues. They were literally sacrifices to pagan gods. And they would make the sacrifice of the animals. Then they would eat the food. And Paul, what he didn't do, this is beautiful. We can read it in 1 Corinthians. What he doesn't do is say, you've got to stop going there. You've got to cut off those people. What he does is say, hey, you've got to think about this. Are you going to cause some other brothers to stumble? Are you going to confuse people? You've got to decide whether you go there, whether you're going to eat meat that's comes from a pagan altar or not eat meat. But he leaves it up to us to decide and he invites us to stay deeply connected. Ecclesia in 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about just this struggle. He says in verse 19, that also means that I'm free of obligations to all people. He says, because I'm not accepting uh, gifts and support from everyone, um, I get to do what I think God leads me to do. He says, and even though no one except Jesus owns me, I have become a slave by my own free will to everyone in hopes that I would gather more believers. Then he explains, he says, when I'm around Jews, I emphasize my Jewishness in order to win them over. When I'm around those who live strictly under the law, these Jewish people that live very carefully, he says, I live by its regulations, even though I have a different perspective on the law now in order to win them over. In the same way, I've made a life outside the law to gather those who live outside the law. Although I personally abide by and live under the anointed one's law. Then he explains, he says, I've been broken, lost, oppressed, oppressed, and weak, that I might find favor and gain the weak. Probably you've experienced all those things. Then he says this, he says, I'm flexible, adaptable, and able to do and be whatever is needed for all kinds of people, so that in the end, I can use every means at my disposal to offer them salvation. I love this about the Apostle Paul. I love this about the New Testament. My guess is that when you think of Christian people, you don't instantly just think, man, Christians, they're so flexible and adaptable. Often we've been known as being strict and rigid. We're not made to be those people. We're made to be adaptable. We're made to push into the streets and get to know and love people. Ecclesia, I'm really blessed that I'm gonna be one of the pastors helping lead this trip to Mexico City. I'm also excited that Stephen Brown and Jose Trevino on our pastoral staff are also going to be leading these trips. You're gonna be transformed by them. I wanna invite you to come down to experience what it's like to have a 12-year-old girl who's been trafficked in the sex industry pause and look at you and ask you if she can pray for you. I'm telling you, when you get prayed for by a girl who's been through these kind of trials and hardships, it'll bring a new perspective to your Christian faith. The other thing that's gonna happen is you're gonna become tremendous friends with other Ecclesians. You're gonna see things together and experience things together that you couldn't experience otherwise. We're gonna do this truly Ecclesia style. There's gonna be great food and great beverages. I'm on a patio at the hotel that we're gonna use for our group bookings. And this hotel is beautiful. 
It's really comfortable. We're gonna be out on the streets in the days, but you're gonna be resting well at nights. And then we're gonna come up here on this patio together. We're gonna to have drinks, we're gonna eat food, we're gonna process what we experienced. And we're gonna ask God to change us because Ecclesia, ultimately, that's what we want, is God to change our heart and our lives to make us new people. That's what I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you now as I invite these dear brothers to come and share. Lord God, I thank you for the people of Ecclesia. I thank you that from the beginning, we've been a people opening bottles of Mexican Coca-Cola um, to people that work the streets, people that have been left out in the church and that we've said, hey, you're always welcome here and you will not be ostracized. I'm grateful, Lord, that you allow us to be a part of the big church and there are other churches in Mexico City doing the same. Help us to see that we're the same church. Help us to join in with our heart, our finances, and we pray also our lives, our bodies, our travel schedules so that we can connect more deeply with what you're doing in the world. We pray now, God, that you would lead us and guide us on the path that you have for us, both as a church and individuals. Lord, may it be so. May your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this together in your name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. It's great to be with you this morning. I should not be here today. And the reason I say that is because the story that's led me here can only happen through God. There's only one way this, this story works, and that's if God is real. On September 2nd, 2017, I had come off a really difficult year, probably the hardest year of my life. And on that day, it was my birthday, and I prayed, God, I need a fresh start. I really need a fresh start. And the verse came to my mind from Ephesians 3, and it says, to the God who is able to do incredibly more than we ever could ask or imagine in Christ Jesus through his mighty power. And I looked at that verse, and then I saw a video online from a guy named Pastor Chris C., my old friend. He was looking for help for Hurricane Harvey. So I told my family in the other room after a little birthday party with a little cake with my nephews and nieces, and I decided to come to Houston. And I booked a one-way flight on Spirit Airlines for $69. I don't know if you've flown Spirit Airlines, but I'll just leave it right there. <laughs> and I came here not knowing anyone besides Pastor Chris, and I hadn't seen him in a number of years. But little by little, God started opening doors. Steve right here, let me borrow his car. Diane over there, let me borrow her family's apartment for six months. And the rest is history, and now I stand before you. A couple years ago, I thought my time as a pastor might be over. It's too hard some days. But here in Houston, Texas, for whatever reason, God gave me another chance to meet you to become friends with you, to call this place home. And to have the opportunity to share with you today about Mexico City is truly a dream come true. And today I wanna to begin with this scripture from John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I want to read that one more time. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come 
that they may have life and have it to the full. I don't know about you, but some days it feels like something's coming after me. Some days it's hard. Some days it feels like things are being taken. But our hope in Jesus Christ is that he is the one, he is the only one, that comes in the complete opposite direction. He comes against stealing, he comes against killing, he comes against destroying, and he comes with this hope that we can live life and life to the full. I have a simple question for you this morning, Ecclesia. What makes you come alive? For me, one of those things is traveling. Traveling through a city, getting lost in the nooks and crannies, going to places that spark my imagination, meeting new and interesting people, having life-giving conversations. In one of the first conversations I had in Mexico City, as we were on a block party, my good friend Benny Yu, he said to us as we were going on this block party, as you saw in Chris's video, he said, find the darkest corner because that's where we're gonna shine the light. And I'll say that one more time. Find the darkest corner because that's where we're going to shine the light. And that's a powerful moment for me that I always remembered all these years later. Perhaps there's a moment today, a dark corner in your life today, where you would like God to shine his light. The second thing that makes me come alive in life is prayer. This is a photo taken near the Galleria where I hosted a team from California that was visiting, praying for people in local prisons. After lunch, they decided, not me, they decided that they were gonna pray for me. 30 minutes later, 30 minutes later, each person had taken turns praying an encouraging word, scripture or thought for my life. It was a humbling moment. I needed that prayer. As I think about this moment, a couple days later actually, Stephen Hicks met with me at downtown in Paperco, and he slid a piece of paper across the table and he said, Stephen, would you consider becoming a community pastor at Ecclesia? And I think back at this moment, Maybe God was doing something there to prepare me. Maybe I needed that 30 minutes of prayer to prepare me for what was ahead. Maybe you'd be willing, before you leave today or this week, to ask someone the question, would you pray for me? Over the last seven years, I've had the chance to go to Mexico almost 14 times. I honestly can't believe it. People often ask me, why do you keep going back? Is it the tacos? Is it the, is it the churros with Nutella uh, poured into it? Is it the cultural heritage and rich, rich, vibrant life that's there? Well, all that's great. But the reason I keep going back is because I just feel so loved by the people that are there and by Benny and Janice, you and their team. The joy they have on their faces, that's real joy. And that can only come 
from a life well lived. I think we all want to go to a place where we feel loved and we can be who we are. Many nights in these 14 trips I've been to their house, they fed me, fed me kimchi fried rice, late night talks, prayers. When I failed, they would pray for me. Janice in particular, sometimes she would pray for, pray for me for hours, praying through various things that I've been going through. It's a safe place for me to fall apart and be myself, and we all need that. And that's what I love to invite our church into, a great place, a great ministry, the well of life where we can come and be ourselves, allow ourselves to be broken, and to walk with other broken people. Now, as a pastor at Ecclesia this last year, I know that some of you have overcome insurmountable odds just to be in this room. You face the loss of family members, have endured your own health challenges, you've gone through financial loss, picked up and moved across the country, left jobs with nothing lined up because you felt God leading you to do so, and worked through growing pains in marriages and as young parents. For those of us who are going through difficult seasons, and we all have our moments, I believe this is something crucial to believe. God can still do miracles. We need his presence. Now why are these trips to Mexico important to me? Well, they, they combine the two things that make me come alive. These trips also represent hope for us. And hope is a great thing. Many girls at the safe house, they've been sold into slavery by their own families. Let me say that one more time. They've been sold into slavery by their own families. Imagine that for a moment. Now in the midst of this unspeakable horror, through Benny and Janice and the care and love that they provide, along with their amazing team, these girls are able to be restored back into a healthy sense of family and have life breathed back into their very souls. I want to live the rest of my days coming alongside and, and joining forces with the Benny and Janices of this world. Leading these trips are a dream come true. Ecclesia, I believe that God is calling us to realize that we too on a daily basis have been rescued by God from a life of darkness and hopelessness into the hope of freedom and eternal love. Now I have this fun video to show you guys. Just a glimpse to see the life that comes into me, maybe a different side of me that you've never seen. Now, now, if you know me well, you know that I don't like to show anything embarrassing about myself, and that is pretty embarrassing. You know, and as Chris said in his message, we believe that this is the season of our church where things can change, 
where God can do something brand new in the lives of these girls and in our lives too. In just a few moments, we'll have an opportunity to partake in communion and remember the death that Jesus paid for us on the cross and the life he gives us. I pray that as you come forward, you would consider that this God, who can do the impossible task of rescuing back this hope for girls in Mexico City, can do the exact same for you. Would you pray with me? God, your word says, with man this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. We thank you for what's happening in our church. We ask that you would show up in a new and a fresh way for everyone here. We also pray for close loved ones and friends who may need to experience your love and restoration today. Would you meet them right now in a tangible way? You say that you are an ever-present help in times of need. God, you said your Holy Spirit is a comforter and a guide. We need you. As we move out into uncomfortable territory this year, we thank you that you know our needs before we even ask. Thank you for being a God that we can trust. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.